Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the first of these Football Book Club specials. We're currently reading away in preparation for Series 2, which is going to be coming to you very very soon, but in the meantime, here's a recording of a live show recorded in early March as part of the podcasting festival Superpod in Southampton. Now, there is a pumping bass throughout the recording because the event was directly above a club night, possibly organised by DJ Phil Neville, we don't know, but it was good fun, all raising money for a great cause and sport relief, and as we were in Southampton, we decided to read a book by a name synonymous with the city, a player who immediately comes to mind when you think of it, Mr Southampton himself... Danny Higginbottom, the defensive rock of Gibraltar. Man United kid and former Stoke City captain, over 200 Premier League appearances for Stoke, Sunderland and Southampton. He's won more red and white shirts than Wes Wally, FA Cup runner-up, Intercontinental Cup winner and, of course, author. But let's see what the book club thought in today's The Football Book Club. At one point, a pig fire makes him late for training. He changes the formation on a whim because he sees ducks and goes, that's the one, 3-4-3. Everyone in Holland is weird. Yeah. (laughs) A player wouldn't be considered if they were tossing off in training. Hello and welcome to the Football Book Club, the only book club where instead of literary classics, each week we read yet another obscure footballer's autobiography. Less Dostoevsky, more Paul Koncheski. I'm James Bug, and over the weeks we're going to be reading such classics as Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's Jimmy, Mark Schwarzer's Mark My Words, and Leroy Rosinia's It's Only Banter. <laughs> That's ominous. Yeah. That is a really ominous title. <laughs> but today we're going to be reading Danny Higginbottom's Rise of the Underdog. And reading it with me, I'm joined by uh, our book group of comedy writers, Jack Bernhardt. Hello. James Balgen. Hello. It is incredible how many shirts of red and white this man has worn. I, I'd sort of, I realised that I'd confused Stoke, Southampton, Sunderland. It's sort of become one big blob. One, one team. Because of Danny Eggenbottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only teams I real, I thought of, he, red and white, he hasn't played for, are Monaco and, uh, and Paraguay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's still time. Still time. There's for still Jane time for Danny. Gibraltar are kind of... Sheffield United. He played for, Je- he played for Sheffield United. Oh, he did play for Sheffield United. He did, yeah. yeah, he played for Sheffield United. Yeah. So you do- I'm sorry. Kid Minister. Yeah. Kid, cool. Who did he call them? Kid Minister. Kid Minister. Kid Minister. Kid Minister. Kid Minister. Sorry. He didn't play for Kid Minister either. Um, <laughs> but first, uh, any memories of Danny Higginbottom, guys? Apart from the shirts he wore? Um, well, as an Arsenal fan, I remember him as a Stoke player and therefore, like, the red mist descends and that's basically it. <laughs> that's well, because oh, he we'll get to Aaron Ramsey. Yes! <laughs> okay. He was part of the, the, the team that destroyed Aaron Ramsey. Make, well, well, you know. Make note, do not mention Higginbottom <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> or Stoke. James, any memories? It's the Stoke days for me. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. The long throws with his pal Delap and... And both Southampton legends, Delap and uh, Higginbottom. Um, uh, let's head over to our best best friends at Amazon <laughs> and let's see what the reviews are saying about this book the book has four and a half stars on Amazon from 33 reviews pretty good yeah not bad that's pretty good it's pretty, compared to some of them compared to, compared to Jermaine Pennant yeah Jermaine Pennant is the watermark of not good <laughs> book uh, Jermaine Pennant is the first thing on Amazon to have negative uh, <laughs> <laughs> they actively stop you from buying Jermaine <laughs> Pennant's book there's a big thing that comes up saying are you sure <laughs> uh, no it's, it's a relatively good it's a uh, yeah what four and a half stars that's not bad yeah no not because he's a Man United player uh, no, that's crazy. I'm just I think people have just got low standards. Here's a five star <laughs> review from Nathan Johnson under the title Top Book. Brilliant read from a proper professional, down to earth. I need to type 11 more words. Ha ha ha. Great review on Amazon. Uh, um, I've also got another one from a guy called Jambro. Jambro, that sounds like, yeah. 
Jambro. Yeah. Well, my my I mean my email address is I don't know why I'm giving this out. Uh, <laughs> my my email address is Jam something. That's and true. And so I'm now confused with whether I maybe wrote this. Do you think he's like in a fan club of Jam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Jambro. Is it, is it I'm like, a Jambro. Is it like an Umbro pun? No. An unsatisfying. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think so. An unsatisfying Umbro pun. Yeah. Whisper no. quietly to Mr. Ferguson. This is the rock of Gibraltar he missed. Danny's book showed even though the start of the career may not coated in the sweet sugar, we hope. <laughs> It was a brilliant story with plenty of ups and downs, especially the Belgian capitalised incidents. End of end of the review. That's a horribly worded review. Does that make it's, everyone want to read? Does that make everyone want to read the book? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess it's pretty. Yeah. Whisper it quietly, Whisper to Mr. Ferguson. <laughs> Sugar coated. Goodbye, Belgium. <laughs> Okay, as the show goes on, we're going to go into more depth about the book. Uh, we're going to be doing a dramatic reading, a quiz at the end, and everyone's favourite chant writer, Ken, is back with another incredible chant. We have a guy who writes chants. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> let's first go around the group in a sentence or two. What do you think of the book? I uh, I liked it to a point. Ah, yeah. the point I, when he mentions Arsenal. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the first like two-thirds before he mentions Arsenal, I was like, this is kind of fun. There's a lot of fun to be had here. There are lots of good anecdotes. There are some crazy stories about um, his Man United days where he keeps on saying, it's not bullying, I promise, and then says a horrible thing that they did <laughs> to youth players. Um, it just goes on to describe loads of bullying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not but bullying. It wasn't bullying. Yeah, but there bullying was some in name bullying. only. Yeah. <laughs> James, would you agree? Yeah, it's sort of like a love letter to Roy Keane. And yeah, yeah he does really like Roy Keane. Yeah. There's, the of, of... there's a lot of um, uh, love for old Man United players. Yeah, that is understandable. Yeah, but is sort of uh, if you don't like Man United players, kind of unbearable after a while. <laughs> Not that anyone cares what I think. But... Oh, what, you, what did you think of the book? I, I quite liked. It. He seems okay. like a good guy. Um, which is harder than you think, given the books that we've read. Like they don't yeah. always come across good guys. He does come across a nice guy. He comes guy. across as a nice guy, and he and he has an understanding of his story. I think, which is he does. Yeah, and he's a, he's a, it's a very polite book, which is kind of unusual in a football. There's no digging out or anything like that. And no. it guys it makes it a little more boring. But I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you I like, like a boring book. Getting on with more each books other. with Dulla. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get reading, I'm going to start with a motivational quote to pump you guys up. Okay. You good with that? Yep. Uh, this is a quote from Roy Keane. Listen, lads, basically... Oh, we can't swear, can we? <laughs> <laughs> All the motivational quotes from Roy Keane will be yeah. very limited. Well, then. use your imagination. Uh, <laughs> listen, lads, basically, you're ass. Try and enjoy the game. You're probably going to get beat, but just enjoy being ass. You can guess what S means. Uh, doesn't quite have the effect super. without swearing. Yeah. Super. Like superpod. Yeah, <laughs> listen, lads, basically, you're superpod. Uh, feeling pretty pumped after that? Yeah, I mean that that is a, <laughs> that is the book. Genuinely, that's on the back of the book. It sells the book. That, that that like quote is on the back of the book, and it is a very weird thing to read. As you get, I got this book through the post and was very confused. That was the first thing you, first read, thing I read, you, you read the book like, as it comes through the letterbox. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was, sat, I was sitting squatting by the letterbox as I do every morning slow waiting down, for the slow post. Down. Um, and I just the first thing I saw was basically your S. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. Yeah. That's a good another, thing to know. Another day ruined. Yeah. <laughs> James, how did you read the uh, book? <laughs> Let's have a little chat about uh, the cover and the title. Yeah. It looks like a uh, Rise of the Foot Soldier uh, it kind of spin-off. <laughs> it think. definitely looks like the kind of uh, movie that would be advertised in the London Underground. Yes. Uh, with, like, Gary Oldman and... Yeah, Danny um, Dyer. Will be Danny Dyer there, and, yeah. like, someone from EastEnders. Tama Hussain. Yeah. Tama Hussain, though, is always in these things. Yeah. That's a great poll. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and the, the title is Rise of the Underdog, mm. which is sort of odd because he starts at that traditional underdog that we all know, Manchester United. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and, like, it's weird because the majority of the book isn't really about... Like, there's they sort of play into the underdog thing, and that's what the quote at the back of the book is about. You know, like, we're all rubbish, and we don't care that we're rubbish, and we're going to win. But, like, actually, that's not really the point of the book in many ways. Mm-hmm. It's not really about overcoming adversity in this, as such, I suppose. Um, no, I guess not, no. Cause not not as, like, as, as much as any book, football get, book seems to be. I guess he talks about himself. Yeah, I guess he fits himself as an underdog because he's not necessarily the most blessed with talent sure, all the way through. Yeah. Um, um, but also rise. I mean, he doesn't rise that far. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of yeah, fall like, of the underdog. Although he doesn't say how far like the rise. Gently is. get lifted slightly higher <laughs> of the underdog. That's a good title. Yeah, That's a good title. Slight <laughs> elevation of an underdog. Um, do you know what underdog means? Oh uh, no, but I think there's a he bit in the book us. that was useful. Thankfully, uh, the first uh, page. 
Actually, the first five pages of the book, which oh, is cracking. before the story really starts, are my favourite page of the book. Um, noun, underdog. <laughs> a person, team, etc. That, that is expected to lose a contest or a battle, or a less powerful person or thing that struggles against a more powerful person or thing. Um, he didn't include the third option, uh, which is literally being under a dog. Which <laughs> 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 is unusual to miss out the, the, the most, most common usage of, uh, of underdog, I'd say. Yeah. But yeah. Very it's odd. It's a weird, really weird start because then he goes on to like the acknowledgements or not the acknowledgements. I, the... Before that, he has a quote. Oh, that's the qu- yeah. Uh, the quote: "Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall." Do you know who that's by? No, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it by? Confucius. Oh, really? So he doesn't. But he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't say Confucius. Also, we are reading this book in real time. We're on page... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> currently on page nine. You guys don't uh, have, like, plans for yeah. the next few hours, do you? Yeah. We're taking up the rest of Superpod, just reading, <laughs> reading this book, word for word. Um, and then uh, we love a... Uh, oh, actually, Jack, you love the about the co-author. Oh, my God. The, the co-author is amazing. So He didn't write the book by all by himself. He had no, a bit of help. He had a bit of help. So often these books are written by multiple people. This one's really interesting because it says it's about... It says it's Wayne Barton. Wayne Barton has worked in Hollywood... And across the US uh, and across the USA with names including Charles Baker from the monster hit TV show Breaking Bad. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna get anyone to write your book, <laughs> you want to be someone who's been involved in national choice. I love the yeah. idea that yeah, Danny Hickerbottom would be like, I need someone to help me write this book about my career where I played at Stoke, Derby, Sunderland. <clears throat> I'll get someone who wrote Breaking Bad. Obviously. That's a useful thing. That seems like uh, the kind of per- only person who could tell my story. It's <laughs> big at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Breaking Bad is a little bit of a rise of the underdog, so. I've yeah. never seen it. I mean, I oh, did. I, like- I, I told Jack, I'm the only person in the world who's probably more familiar with Danny Higginbottom's career than the show Breaking <laughs> Bad. Breaking yeah. Bad. <laughs> Um, and obviously the, the scenes where he cooks meth are very like very good in this <laughs> yeah, book delicately handled excellent, excellent this, yeah. chapters really well done really really uh, good you get a sense of who the guy is but it is I mean genuinely the book is very interesting because it starts with like the end of Danny Ickerbottom's career like it starts with him saying like that was my career that was and you sort of read the book a few times being like was that okay I can't work out what's going on it's here it's a three page book but that is basically how Breaking Bad starts Breaking Bad I don't, I know, don't no know why idea. I'm looking no at you no idea don't look this. at me but yeah. remember the first episode of Breaking Bad they're in the they're in the, the, desert, in the first right? scene yeah. like Walter White comes out with like a gun and in his underpants yeah. and you're supposed to think like wow oh my god how what, what's gonna happen in this show you're listening to the Breaking Bad uh, <laughs> book club the Breaking Bad Danny Hickerbottom book club okay <laughs> that's what we're rebranding to but what's interesting is that clearly I think Charles Baker who or whoever this guy well no Warren Warren Barton? No, it's not, it's not Warren, Warren Barton. Barton. The guy who helped him. <laughs> Wayne Barton, who helped write this, clearly went in and was like, well, what we did at Breaking Bad was we started with the end. Uh, so, you know, it really hooked the audience. So, uh, so like, tell me, tell me, Danny, what's, like, the most exciting bit of your career? And Danny thought for a bit and went, when I played with Wayne Rooney's brother at Chester City. <laughs> <laughs> He talks about being um, a young lad growing up, a United apprentice, uh, entrepreneurial as a yeah. kid. Uh, he steals golf balls from a golf course and sells them back to uh, the golfers playing for 20 quid a day. And I worked this out. What? Uh, that's seven and a half grand a year. <laughs> if you do that every day and take a couple of days off for Christmas. Yeah, I know, right? That's a good wage. It's a really good wage. Far more than he got at Stoke City. Right. <laughs> More than seven and a half grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with the relegation, you know. Yeah, with the, you know the that reminded me. I used to do that when he when I read that story. I used to do the exact same thing when really? I was a kid, but not sell them. Just just, just keep them. hide in the bushes, and they'd be looking for us. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. But we Why stopped doing do that, that a few weeks ago, so it's all good now. <laughs> so you must. This must be a man after your own heart when you read this. Like Danny, finally, someone who gets me. He does it, but he was selling them. What? An yeah, entrepreneur. Well, you, got, you got to sell them. Did you steal yeah. Brussels sprouts like he does as well? Oh, don't ruin it. Okay. <laughs> we can't know about that. But then, otherwise, apart from that, he's learning a lot of lessons from his dad throughout the book. Yeah. Uh, which is quite nice. He learns uh, one. Uh, he learns that if you upset someone, you need to fight a child. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is an unusual lesson to learn from someone. It's on um, page thirty. Let me find this. He makes a bet that you, Liverpool are going to beat United. He was goading me until I just smacked him as hard as I could, and I ran home because he wouldn't pay the bet. Dad was waiting at the door, and you might think the way he would kind of get him to resolve it is just go around there straight away, give him the money, say you're sorry. No, his dad um, dragged me out of the house and back to the park, telling me to knock on the lad's door and have a fair fight with him. <laughs> I said, "Are you joking?" He was two years older than me, but he was—he wasn't joking. He said, "I wasn't to come back to the house until I'd done it." You're you not going have... to the house until you've beaten up a child, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. And then after that, he does that, and he goes, "Great, now." Tomorrow, go back and give them that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
He also says, he says, I did what he asked. We were fighting for about half an hour. Yeah, until he long. hit me. That is such a long time Made to be fighting really a child. Until he got the first hit in as well. So yeah. they were just... They were just like, going, oh, watch it, watch it. Yeah, dancing actually. and dodging. So odd. It's also weird how his dad didn't go along to sort of supervise that in case it really did get out of hand. He's just yeah, like, just come true. back. Yeah. I'm going to stay in the house. Just yeah. If you back. don't come back, you might get us even more. But then he gets his big break. He goes to uh, Man United. Yeah. He does all right at United. Yeah. They loan him out to Belgium. To, to Antwerp to, and to Royal Antwerp Royal Antwerp another red and white team the United team does seem to be uh, crazy yeah uh, filled with uh, very severe people I think like, this is another good time to mention something which has been a theme from a lot of the books uh, psychopathic pranks yep like if footballers <laughs> are uh, they like pranks I wouldn't say they're good at them uh, <laughs> I like the idea of them certainly they, they uh, use a lot of um, there's a lot of urine involved there's in, a um, lot of urine in Danny Higginbottom's pranks not, not Danny's urine necessarily it's a whole given... bath of urine I was wondering yeah. who is filling well, that up it, it, we should all say these aren't these aren't Danny's pranks these are like the Man United He's, players yeah. Like, yeah. pranking the youth players you know pranking people who are in a much worse situation than you or in like a much lower down power structure <laughs> yeah, you know, those yeah. kind of pranks the those funniest pranks you're ones. punching down yeah yeah um, there's one where it's like one player didn't clean something properly, so he had to like lie in a in a bath of urine. This is a like when, Man United's. Oh wait, he had to lie in a bath of urine. Yeah, have something written on him in, in like shoe polish. polish. Yeah, and then and then getting another bath of urine. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then like also another bath of ice and urine. So they filled up two baths with piss. Yeah. That's just a lot of... That would take so much effort. Yeah, really. That's just, just so much work. Right, we're going to punish you. Wait, yeah. hold on for half an hour. Okay, we yeah. Load loads of water. We've got to drink a lot of water, yeah. okay? Oleg and Athelshire, you have to drink loads of water. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's just... It's really like... It's character building. It's, it's character, character building. building. It, it's sad a little bit in the way that Danny Hickenbottom talks about it because he's like, oh, you know, it wasn't bullying. It was just... You know, it was, you know, it was fun. You know, we had like players like there was a kid one thing we would do is like they would get these really old hard umbro balls and kick them really hard at our naked bodies <laughs> and there will be marks all over our bodies and it was great and fun I'm like, Danny who hurt you I know who hurt you Man United players he goes to Belgium like we say he has quite a good time there um, yeah uh, it, we read we just read Yertsy Dudek's book and Everyone in Holland is weird. Yeah. <laughs> is what we found. No, we don't want, when we don't he played at Feyenoord. You know, yeah. We don't want to stare it up at all, but that's, everyone in Holland is weird. That's, that's, that's it. I thought that before. <laughs> but there are lots of odd things that happen in Holland. Very yeah. strange. But it turns out Belgium is even weirder. Belgium is probably yeah weirder. Very, very, very fanatic fans. Yeah. Um, good in a way, but yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, no. No. They're, they're, they're very strange. When he first gets there, um, he is they lose five 0 in their first game, and he's immediately targeted by some man, some fan, who goes, "You, f, effing English bastard, take your passport and f off home. We don't want you here. Your s, your s." Very nasty. Very nasty. He's 19 at this age. Yeah, and he's like, I don't want to play here anymore. Understandable, really. That, he's, he's basically just turned up in Belgium and they say, like... That, 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 that's yeah. his greeting at the airport, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next thing, he get, then the next... Uh, they win a game. Uh, one game. They win a game and uh, there's like they're in a changing room which is covered in glass. Yeah. And next thing, I hear this loud banging and wonder what it is. The other lads seem oblivious to it. After all, uh, looking around, we realise the noise is coming from above. This fella is still on the roof. The same one who abused me few, three weeks earlier. He's pointing at me, takes his top off and points to all of his Royal Antwerp tattoos, <laughs> crying his eyes out. Sorry, Danny. I love you. I love you, he's saying. When he leaves the changing room, he's there waiting for me with tears in his eyes. Give me a massive hug and in his bro- broken English apologizes again. Antwerp is my life. I was too quick to judge. I didn't understand you had to adapt and that you're so young. <laughs> That is that is that is, that is very unbroken English, can I say? Yeah, true. <laughs> Adapt and yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, please forgive my terrible English, but I did not understand the quite complexities of uh, ad- adapting to this game. This guy co-authored the book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he worked on Breaking English. Bad. He's very good. Yeah. He's very good. <laughs> but then he, um, at another point, the fans strip him naked for some reason. Yeah, the, no, the, the fans say like they they strip him naked, and then also uh, a stripper comes along and like pours whipped cream on him. Th- that's when he's waiting. No, what's happening is oh, there. Oh yeah, they're two separate. He things. wants to no no that, that is, that yeah. is two separate things, but he wants to get a um he wants to get like a flat he wants to get a flat and he says like have you figured that flat out for me and they go I'm sorry Danny we haven't they're like at a meal and then they make him sit down and then a, a stripper like gets naked in front of him and takes his clothes off and they go we got you the flat I mean that's exactly how I first rented a place as well it's kind of that's how the agreement goes yeah Foxton's march in <laughs> all stripped down naked yeah the king baby yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but the fans, uh, I'd gone from being chastised to almost like a hero in the space of a few weeks. I say that not because of some inflated sense of self-worth, but because of how they made me feel. They made up songs for me. With my surname, you can appreciate how difficult that must be. And you know what? That is difficult. That is, it is very difficult to write a song around. But luckily, we have a guy on the show who makes football charts. Oh my God. So I set him the task of, um, I set him the, the segment. I said, Ken, we need you. Danny needs you. Uh, can you come up with a chant for Danny Higginbottom? And Al, I believe uh, we can we can play this in a second. Hello, Southampton. It's Ken, Ken here. Hope everyone's enjoying the show today. I understand this week you've been indulging, luxuriating in the wise words of one Danny Higginbottom, and it was brought to my attention that Danny always enjoyed when fans would sing chants about him because his name was a little awkward to squeeze into songs. So, Danny, this one's for you. Hope you enjoy it. Higginbottom, striding down the wing, Higginbottom, how you make us sing, Higginbottom, you're so solid at the back. Shutting down every attack. Oh, Higginbottom. Oh, Ken Zong, Ken Zong, Ken Zong, Ken Zong. Oh, amazing. Amazing. That was so good. What was that? What song was that? What was the melody? Pretty pretty Woman. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Never seen it? Good, good work. Says um, Danny Higginbottom. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the first time you turn for a flat. Yeah. <laughs> a prostitute comes in and... Uh... Right at the end of the movie. You got the flat! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Belgium's weird. Everything about Derby sounds weird as well. So he leaves, um, yeah. he leaves United after... He does fine, but... I don't think he... What are you laughing at? Everything about Derby sounds Everything weird. about Derby yeah. is weird. He, he leaves United and then, like... Well, when he... When he he's not going to get an extended just, run he, on the yeah. He just team. follows Rory Delap around everywhere, basically. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, Derby, that's when he starts, anyway, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Southampton, Stoke. If, and that's, the, that's the only reason he went there. He yeah. was like, you don't wear red and white, but... Delap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably it. Um, yeah, and everything is strange about it. Um, James, I know you like um, Jim Smith and his ducks. Oh, the oh, his formations. Yes, he Pete. changes oh. the formation on a whim because he sees ducks <laughs> in a formation in and it goes, like "That's a- the one, three four three. <laughs> this is a really important like match. Yeah, this is like, like a relegation that, scrap. Or it's something. like right at the end of the season in two thousand and one or something. Like Derby have to win these games to stay up, <laughs> and he just like randomly looks out the window and I guess sees. 11 ducks flying past his window <laughs> in a 3 4 oh, I see three them on formation. the ground on the ground oh, really? just, oh, yeah. I thought they were on the ground as well oh I really want them to be flying through the through the air <laughs> and then I want I would like Jim Smith to be watching them being like it's really hard to get through them wow they're passing really well on the wing these ducks are incredible unless it was less complex than that he was just like just I, I don't know what to do. just give me someone give me a sign and, just out the <laughs> yeah. and it's the ducks three four three that's the well, one do you think a duck quacks three four three at him <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think so <laughs> how do ducks sound I can't do that oh, did, they win yeah. that, did they win that's, did it, that's impressive is it did it, it sounds horrible <laughs> Did the formation work? I forgot. Uh, I think it, I think I it did work, actually. Think yeah. Through, yeah. That's the kind of maverick Jim Smith was. Yeah. Jim Smith um, changing the formations on based on a duck, yeah. I thought Paul Bowerton was weirder. Do you remember Paul Bowerton? I vaguely remember him. I think vaguely. Like a that, or something. This, no. book is, this book is really fun for the amount of people you're like, oh, Taribo West, oh my God, <laughs> Malcolm Christie, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Bowerton, before games, he'd sit and count toes. Oh my God. His own? That other people. I don't know what you're talking about. How Every time it's going to be ten. Yeah. It's like two, three. Four, five, yeah. six. Uh, well, I like the idea that it would because actually Danny Hickman talks about how like before a match he would get loads of adrenaline and really need the loo constantly mm. and he'd just be like I'm angry I'm angry I'm angry I love the idea that next to him is just yeah Paul Burton being like one two three four <laughs> Danny may I count your toes get away <laughs> and Jim Smith there uh, four three, three uh, four, four. <laughs> yeah. be not- more duck like come on <laughs> Um, another no, d- derby, derby in general is very odd. The whole thing. That's about all that happens, no. really. Well, there's derby. also he- ducks and toes. Ducks and toes is kind that's of odd. a stepbrother song, right? <laughs> 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 uh, that's such a niche thing. It, but then he goes to Lambton, and we did um, Graham Soonis's book at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, because what says Christmas more than Graham Soonis? Uh, and. <laughs> 
There's a great segment uh, in the book where Graham Soons is about as Graham Soons as he ever gets. It's a bit of an intense game, and there was some needle between Soonis and Dennis Rofe, who was one of our coaches. When Soonis of Vincent Mandra Southampton, hey, Southampton, yeah, we're getting all those references in. Soonis fans? Cool. Uh, that's that's half more than Roy Delap got. So yeah, pretty yeah. good. Well, it's, it's good. To, yeah, it's good, it's good to know the pecking order on the Delap. Uh, Soonis, Delap, Higginbottom. <laughs> As we're coming back in from the game, Soonis is shouting, "Come on, Rofi, let's have it now. You and me, let's find a gym and get it on." <laughs> Which is, I. Th- it has all the aggression of a grown Sunus line, but all the love of a uh, yeah, yeah. Of a Mills and Boone line. Let's <laughs> find a gym and get it on. Uh, yeah. Also, Gordon Strachan is the manager of the time. Any cheers for Gordon Strachan? Uh, yeah. This is hilarious. <laughs> Better than Sunus. Better than Sunus. Okay. Worse than Delap. We've okay. only come here to understand the yeah. people of Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> the only the crudest way we can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he um, uh, there's a great moment where uh, Gordon Strachan kicks a skip. And there is uh, yes, which yeah. is which is we, one of the we yeah. love kick, skip, skip kicking. We do we do love skip kicking. Strachan is odd in this book because again he gets him right up in Huckabee as well. Um, there's a point where Gordon Strachan says to them when Southampton play in Europe, uh, excitingly in 2000 and I want to say three, four, yeah. 2003, four. Stoyberg um, arrest. They Ooh, they they go out to Stoyberg arrest. And Gordon Strachan says, "Great, great game, guys. Uh, but one question: Why didn't you, you know, uh, why did you start going for it at the end of the match? Uh, you know, if we, if the score had stayed the same, uh, we'd have gone through." And all the players go, "What? Well, is that true?" And he goes, "Yes, it is. It is true. You absolute idiots. You stupid, stupid players." And talks to them for like, like goes into them for like twenty minutes with all these players like feeling very sad because they've just gone out of the European yeah. competition. And as they're showering, feeling really bad later on, Strachan comes back in and goes, my mistake, guys. Uh, there are no away goals. See you later. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> just such a Strachan thing to do. Oh, it's great. He's, um, I don't know who I prefer for their team talks, him or Harry Redknapp. Redknapp, not a popular figure around here, is he? No. 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 I, I, Any sport. Portsmouth fans in? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> that a ghost? Yay! <laughs> was that Harry... Uh, Jamie Redknapp? <laughs> yeah, Jamie <laughs> <Redknapp> <laughs> <Next> Redknapp. <laughs> Coming through. Say terrific twice. <laughs> Never mind. Ah. <laughs> uh, there's a great moment where Harry Redknapp uh, is manager and some of the players aren't pulling their weight. I think they've just signed um, a couple of players on loan. This is when you're in the championship. Sorry to remind you. You're in the Premier League now. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> you did... Fine today. In March 2005, we played United in the sixth round of the FA Cup and got battered 4-0. I mean, this actually might be the last season in the Premier League. It was an absolute embarrassment. For those of us who've been there for a couple of years or longer, it was obviously a huge disappointment to reflect where we come from and where we currently were. In the dressing room, I didn't hold back. It's an effing disgrace. Some of you lads don't look like you give an F. Go on then, Danny. Name names, says the manager. Say who it is. You've got two talented players here. Two very talented players. Olivia Bernard and Henri Camera, but out there today, they didn't like their bullet. Oh, you can't do that. You can't name names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're be like, oh no! I, mean, like, I can imagine him saying that so yeah. well. Oh well. no! Go on, name name names. Name. Oh, you can't name. Oh, names. don't name names. Name. What yeah. you doing? <laughs> Is it Sandra? Is Sandra. Sandra. Yeah. Sandra. What you doing? Name names, Sandra. What are you doing in the changing room, Sandra? Yeah. <laughs> Sandra. Yeah. Let's do an out of context thing in bottom. You got? Have you got a line that you like a lot in the book, oh, James? Yeah, give me a sec. I'll find it. Well, Jack, have you got a line you'd like uh, to? I do. Um, give us. It is. Um, uh, early on in the book, Dad said that Brian Kidd called him into his office and asked him, "What colour's your house?" <laughs> that was out of context, Higginbottom. There's a funny bit where in the book Danny forgets what football's called. Did you notice this? <laughs> Danny does. No, yeah. Danny. What does he say? He's talking about Clive, and he goes, um, "You always notice something that none of us." <laughs> hey, hang on. <laughs> you miss bit where Danny Higginbottom said- was an alien. Do you remember that bit? <laughs> He said, Sir Clive achieving the ultimate success in the game with England, rugby, in the World Cup, it had been mentioned quite often in the media that he might be the man to bring a revolution to the round ball game. (laughs) (laughs) It's football, then. I bet that was a bit that was square brackets. Look this up later. (laughs) (laughs) Do not print. (laughs) That is so odd. That is really funny. Clive Woodward, though, yeah... Wasn't really. Not really. Not good. Yeah, not not great for great for oval ball game. Yes, classic. Not good for round ball game. (laughs) Um, Guys, do you want to play this week's game? I'm so excited about this game. (laughs) (laughs) 
this game, I hope this theme works, this game is called uh, Danny Higgs Boson. <laughs> Brilliant. Everyone know, <laughs> Everyone know what the Higgs Boson is? <laughs> Cheers for the Higgs Boson. Where, where's Higgs Boson yeah. on okay, the so uh, Dilap scale? Fr- yeah. uh, Frankie, uh, Franny Benali, very high up. Uh, uh, Rupert Lowe, yep. very bottom. Uh, uh, Higgs boson. Higgs boson. God particle. In the Somewhere middle. in the middle. Okay. So the yeah. Higgs boson is the, the god particle, the right? God particle, the yeah. one which they're trying to. Or remember. the Letitia particle. Two people. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, that nice. is where they try to recreate the Big Bang, right? Yeah. The Higgs, bo- the Higgs boson yeah, helps yeah. them to figure it out. So that's the god particle. Uh, it was discovered by uh, the people of CERN in Switzerland. I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell me if if this is a scientist who works at CERN or a national team player for Gibraltar. <laughs> Of course okay. it's this. I reckon I can do this. If it is a Gibraltar player, you have to say rock. Rock of Gibraltar. Sure. Uh, if, it, if they work at CERN, you have to say rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, qu- uh, number one, Adam Priestley. Rock or rocket science? Rock. Rock. I think he's mentioned the book. Is correct. Ro- yes! One. Oh, no. Okay, I'll give that a little tick. Uh, number two, Joseph Incandela. Oh, rocket science. I would go rock. Okay, you're going rock. You're going rocket science. James is right. Ah! He does work for CERN. Um, Fabiola Giannati. What are we going for? Rock. I'm rock, rocket rock science. science. Jack's right. Yes! Uh, is rocket science. Also the first woman to be director general at CERN. That's cool. You go, Fabiola. Um, number four. Roy- <laughs> I thought Danny Hickerbottom's book would be where we got like really, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like for feminist ideals. I really like that. <laughs> this is the time we do it. Yes, exactly. Uh, number four, Roy Chunky Rodriguez. <laughs> I reckon they all call him that at CERN. All right, it's Chunky. Hey, start with that po- particle. Uh... Roy Chunky Rodriguez, yeah. rock or rocket science? Rock. Nah, he's neither, I made him up. Ayub El Hamidi. Rocket science? Rock. James is right, and you guys are right. He is a Gibraltar player. Um... Uh, Guido Tonelli Rocket science What are you thinking James? Um, uh, <laughs> Rocket science Amel Baraba This has just become names hasn't it? Rock Rock Neither She was in the Sugar Babes <laughs> uh, <laughs> This isn't allowed These are tricks Jer- Jeremy Lopez <laughs> This is hell. <laughs> right. uh, rock, 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 rock is great. And finally, yes. Darren Huckabee. <laughs> Rocket science. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Works for CERN. Uh, cool. <laughs> At the end of the game, uh, football's the winner. <laughs> uh, James, you got your out of context quote for me? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, then we should talk about Stoke and Sunderland. Yeah, he, he leaves Southampton under a cloud, weirdly. Yes. Like, he sort of, he, he does, like, a thing in the press saying, um, like... Like slamming everyone, slamming all the the managers like Paul Sturrock and Wrigley and Wrigley, Wiggly, Wiggly, Steve Wiggly, Wiggly, not Wrigley, Wrigley chewing gum, uh, <laughs> Wiggly, Southampton manager. Um, but mind you, uh, Wriggly <laughs> could have been manager Southampton at that time. You had pretty much everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, could have could have been. Yeah. But there, but there's a bit where he, where he's like, I'm going to do a big thing in the press saying how bad everything is, and the club chairman like stops him. They stop him from going to press. Like we will make sure you never play for Southampton ever again. And he's like, that's fine. I'll go to Stoke, which is basically the same team. Um, and he, <laughs> <laughs> at this point. At this, this point. point. At this point. Stoke got much better than Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Look, we're gonna need a police escort. <laughs> yeah. Out there. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and then and then he goes off to Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we can yeah pull it off. Um, yeah, he and Stoke is slightly odd because he's sort of, they're called the bat, like Battersea Dogs Home. Yeah, that's, that's they, the name of the chapter the in this thing. It's really weird how he's like, oh, back in the uh, back in the nineties or, or back in the eighties, there was the crazy gang at Wimbledon. We were known as the Battersea Dogs Home. What? No, it doesn't really work. make any sense. It makes no sense no whatsoever. One, I never no one has ever knew that. called Stoke Battersea Dogs Home. First of all, it's in London. It's in London. He doesn't explain it either. He doesn't elaborate. I suppose the idea is like, oh, you know, it's where the old team used to play, or like, and as in like, we're you know, we're we're where people who are down on their luck come. He's doing well at Stoke for a bit, yeah. and then, but then as they're getting really good, and he he starts to be like the the main guy at Stoke. Mm-hmm. He randomly apparently hears like a chat radio show on the like like driving home one day that says uh, whether the the owner of Stoke. Paul Coates? Peter Coates? Yeah, Peter Coates. Peter mm-hmm. Coates uh, is asked, like, oh, you've had a bid for Danny Higginbottom from Sunderland, right? And Peter Coates says something along the lines of, yes, we have. And Danny Higginbottom takes that as a sign that he should leave. <laughs> he sort of seems to go like, oh, well, if you're willing to accept that there's been a bid for me, I should probably go. Um, it's such an odd bit. Yeah. It's a really weird moment. I don't understand why he goes It's Sunderland. so odd, because he spends the, the whole last chapter being like, I love Stoke. I was doing so well there. Having a great time. And you're like, so I was at Sunderland next minute. <laughs> yeah, he's suddenly at Sunderland to be managed under Roy Keane. He loves Roy Keane as well, which is unusual because everyone else in football uh, doesn't. At one point, a pig fire makes him late for training. (laughs) (laughs) Like a a fire. It's really odd. Like a truck. Like catches fire and there are some pigs nearby and so Danny Higginbottom was like there was a pig fire I got late for training I turned up and Roy Keane was like why are you late and I said pig fire <laughs> and he used said, that excuse before yeah oh god a bit hungover on a yeah. Monday oh, another pig, pig fire, fire I'm sorry um, it was the coronavirus before coronavirus yeah, yeah. So it was definitely the excuse and uh, pig 19 <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> right, I'm, it's a very serious situation. The okay. Uh, uh, the and and then later on he says like, oh, and that was the beginning of the end because I got fined for that and I realised that Sunderland wasn't the place for me. And Roy Keane started to be mean to me and other other players because he was too harsh. Um, yeah, it's sort of then as soon as as quick as that he then moves back to Stoke. Yeah, he plays Stoke. He plays faces Sunderland. Yeah. In uh, this week's dramatic reading. Oh yeah. This story is called. Oh, can someone cue the dramatic music for me? Cue dramatic. Music. Are you ready? Music. I think so. <laughs> dramatic music playing. Yeah. Sounds Ooh, dramatic. I can hear it. Yeah. That sounds dramatic. Yeah. You can hear dramatic. it. I'm not just imagining that. This, this isn't like that. Um, well, we should explain the concept of dramatic readings. Oh yeah, we just read, we read a book of the we read the book dramatically. Have I said the name? Have I said? Have I said the name of the um of the story? Uh, no. What's the story? God. Yeah, this story is called Rory. But Danny Higginbottom buys Rory Delaps some pants. Uh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Um, Rory Delaps got a bad injury. I was concerned, and I'll admit straight up that my focus was solely on Rory's condition. He, he was 30, and the injury was so bad that there was a natural and obvious concern that it might cost him his career. Not a funny start. No, uh, not, not fun at all. Not the funniest start to the story. Does but he, yeah. Doesn't gets, get that much funnier. Just it's just no, odd. It <laughs> oh no no no! It, it gets slow. It's, it's a slow weird. Build. It's it slow. gets worse, I would argue, and then it gets funnier. By the end, you'll be rolling in the aisles. Uh, <laughs> Rory obviously spent some time in hospital, and our old friends again, not funny. And our old friend Scouse went to see him. Who's Scouse again? John McKeown. 
It was, uh, let's just let's move on. Let's assume it was Rupert Lowe. I called Scouse before I went and asked if Rory needed anything. He said that Rory was still a bit of a mess, hadn't had a shower or anything, so could I get him some boxer shorts? Those two things don't lead on. (laughs) (laughs) That's not, that's not, those two, I don't understand that. It was about 8pm and everywhere was shut. I didn't know what else to do except get my best clean pair and take them to him. I love how he says clean. (laughs) Clean is a very important thing. Well, my best pair was in the wash. (laughs) So I thought, yeah, I mean, they're still pretty good. They're dirty, but... I stopped on my way to the garage and got some sweets and a massive teddy bear for him to try and lighten the mood. First of all, I think buying getting him a teddy bear is the weirdest part of the story. I think it depends if he puts the pants on the teddy bear. Because yeah, yeah. then you have to think about the idea of the teddy bear having genitals. <laughs> Which is always but concerning. Then, with this story, you have to think about Rory Delap's genitals. That's true. Um, you guys think about Rory Delap's genitals? Well, you should be. Okay, so Franny Vanelli's genitals are really high. <laughs> yeah. Where are Rory Delap's genitals? Quite low. Quite low. Oh He's getting older. Uh, he's, this is about 8pm. Uh, where are we? He's got a teddy bear. I stopped at a garage and got him a teddy bear. I got to the hospital and gave them to him and then passed him the bag with the box of shorts in it and told him I bought what I bought him. Rory just looked at me really strangely, almost ungrateful. I knew Rory and he knew he wasn't unnaturally ungrateful. He was very unselfish. So I just put it down to the painkilling medication thought nothing of it. That medication that naturally makes you ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> you ungrateful. Effects, and a bit ungrateful. of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it was the teddy bear? I think it was the teddy bear that made him furious. I I'd think be, that's what freaked him out. I'd be yeah. totally freaked out. A teddy bear killed my father. <laughs> what are you doing? Tony and John Rudge came in shortly after with Rory's parents. I said my goodbyes and left. Rory had his operation was on the mend and I went around to see Scouse just to have a chat about it. I shared my concerns about Rory being ungrateful and Scouse agreed. He said he thought it was out of order. It wasn't something I was holding against Rory, of course, but it was something on my mind. And with Scouse saying I was justified in my concern, it made it more real in a way. A lot of story about this Scouse guy. Yeah, uh, who, who I assume is just a figment of his imagination. Yeah. At this point, sure. He goes around to see Rory. About the boxer shorts, I started. Danny, why the F did you bring me boxer shorts? Well, Scouse has seen you and told me that you needed some. Danny... I didn't ask for anything. Oh, his wife. He then said, but Scouse. And then uh, Rory said, Scouse has been dead for 25 (laughs) years. His wife, Helena, brought him plenty of clean underwear, as you would expect. Scouse was just winding me up and like a (laughs) D-head. Nice. I fell for it. Stitched me up. It's such a weird rubbish prank, though. It's such a weird prank. It would also require such a lot of like explaining it. But also, if if Rory Delap and Danny Higginbottom were such good friends, yeah, you'd be like, and you would just have gone, I don't need them. My wife's brought me them. (laughs) Why did he just go? For three weeks, not not mention it. Just silently stare at the bag as if to be like, pants, pants. (laughs) Why, why, pants? So odd. I think it was the teddy. It was the teddy. Oh, I'd like a new pair of pants. Okay, well, we can stop off on the way back to London. <laughs> <laughs> can you get me a teddy bear as well? I can get you a teddy bear and pants. Um, J- James, have you um, got a uh, context quote? <clears throat> yeah. Cool. <laughs> can we hear it? Yeah. A player wouldn't be considered if they were tossing off in training. <laughs> that was out of context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very out of context. We will give no context to <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, talking of injuries, he goes on about his own injury. And the book kind of changes, yeah. chapter 18, to a diary out of nowhere. He he gets a horrible, horrible injury that talks about, like, his... Something snapping, a lot of a lot of tendon snapping. But it was inter- I thought it was interesting. It changed it was, the whole book it was changes to it was a diary. A, like, he says, at that time, I was so depressed, I kept a diary. And yeah. uh, just starts going through the entries in there. And it's interesting because he talks about his wife, like, uh, for the most of this bit. Like, a, it's basically him being like, I don't know what I would do without her. Oh, and he hasn't mentioned his wife at any other point. Yeah, at no book. other point yeah. that he mentions his wife. Yeah. It's sort of like, his We're, children just appear. This is 200 Like a stalk. Yeah. It's so weird. And then at one point he's like, I split up with this woman who I was with. I'm not going to go into it because it's weird. And you're like, yeah, but... Um, and here, but here, when it, during his diary, he suddenly becomes like this emotional person who talks yeah. about his wife. Anymore. It's nice. Which is nice, yeah. He gets married to this woman a year before and uh, there's this one... It's all like things like... Today I had a good day. I feel like I might have turned a corner. Today was a bad day. I went down in training. One point it says, uh, probably the worst prophecy I've ever read. Uh, Monday, May 16th. It's Nicole and mine's first wedding anniversary tomorrow. And if someone had said that within that year, we'd have had a son, I'd have a messed up knee and I thought they were crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You know when someone says that to you. Don't be stupid. On on your wedding day. (laughs) You're like, all right, in a year's time, you're not going to have a knee anymore, but you'll have a son. You'd be like, I I guess that could happen. Sure. <laughs> Who are you? 
What are you doing here, Rory? Scouse. Scouse? What are you doing? <laughs> Tell me this, Scouse. And then his uh, career kind of um, ends. He stops enjoying it. He leaves yeah. Stoke. His career ends, and then it goes back to the start of the book where he talks about his career ends, and then the book starts again. Just and then he gets loop. into meth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at that point. That's roughly when he gets and into that, meth. At that point, he starts selling meth. Doesn't get into meth. Takes on the Mexican cartel, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, did this book change you guys? Um... Oh, well, okay, so one thing I think that is really interesting about this book is Danny's relationship with Man United. And it really, I think it's the first book we've read where it's someone who was a youth player at a big club, has gone on to do other things, but still talks about that that playing at a youth club so much to the point that like the whole the whole of the last chapter is basically the Man United way he always talks about like Sir Alex Ferguson's influence on him he doesn't mention Stoke Southampton any of the other clubs he played for after 2021 or so Mm -hmm. like that's kind (laughs) of inherently very interesting and I suppose it sort of did make me think more about Danny Higginbottom as like a as a person I suppose yeah because he also talks about how he doesn't feel like he deserves to play for Man United like there are are like legends games and they're like Danny you should play for us but he's like no I can't because I only you know I can be boot boys to you guys but I never did anything United Mm. I think in that sense I actually have thought about this book quite a lot since reading it sounds like like at home sometimes just sort of like yeah what what is Danny thinking now (laughs) um but yeah, it's definitely a more interesting book than than a lot of the other ones we've read for that reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, James, change your life? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's kind of what I expected in a way. I think he's a bit hard on himself in t- with the whole Man U thing because the players who are around him, like, it was super difficult. He, to get he was he was playing he was playing the youth team in nineteen ninety nine. Which yeah. is the treble year. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no there's no way he was getting into that team. He yeah. played a little bit. He, he did. played a bit. Impressive. And he yeah. quite did. impressive. But it shows think, he was a good I, player. But it's that thing of not wanting to talk about anything but United. Yeah. I was definitely expecting there to be more Stoke and less United. I think. Sure. Personally. Hey. Um, but I find it really interesting for that reason. Look, yeah. to, to to rise, he has to show why he was an underdog at United first. And yeah. I guess that's why he puts so much emphasis into it. Because he decided the title before the book. So. <laughs> <laughs> before he wrote the book. Uh, I'm going to do a little quiz. As we're in Southampton. Yeah. Hey, this week, you're Woo! named after some of the 37 coaches Danny worked under in his three seasons at Southampton. <laughs> uh, Jack, uh, you're uh, Steve Wigley. Yay! And James, oh, you're Sir Clive Woodward OBE. Not technically a coach, but yeah, it was there. Um, <laughs> question one What are the rules of peanuts? Oh my god. Shout your name if you know. Peanuts. Steve Wigley. I'll repeat the question. Steve Wigley. Uh, sure, yeah. Was it uh, flicking peanuts into someone's open mouth as they slept? No, but that's a great game. It is a great uh, game. We're playing it on the, on the train back. <laughs> I drove. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do not flick peanuts in my mouth while I'm driving. It's late. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Clive Woodward, OBE, any idea? No, no idea. Okay. Uh, the rules of peanuts uh, it's a drinking game where if somebody had any peanuts by the drink, you're allowed to smash them. Oh, yeah. I forgot you want to play peanuts? What? Yeah. Question two Which player who was all over you like a rash is one of his hardest ever opponents? Oh crap! Oh um! Oh um! Oh, what's my name? Fuck! Oh, no. um, oh we got all the way through it, and you super, said superpod. <laughs> uh, oh, um, I'm so sorry. Uh, the University Steve of Wigley had to disband. I'm so sorry. University of so I'm so uh, Steve Wigley. Yeah, uh, that's please. my name. Yes, please. Uh, it, was it Paul Dickoff? It was Paul Dickoff. Yes. Point what? Thank you. That was worth Steve a swear. Wigley. What's wrong with Steve, you? I don't know. I really, I really remember that. You do read these books. Yeah, I do. Just because he pays attention. <laughs> I paid attention. <laughs> Thank you, teacher. And uh, third question three, final question. Let's Whose see. appendix bursts during Gordon Strachan's preseason training? Which is pretty oh, rigorous. I this as well. Oh, uh... Southampton legend. Mm. Any idea, Sir Clive Woodward, OBE? Yeah, I remember this. Rugby legend. I did pay attention, I promise. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, hang on, oh, hang on. Lundervam. Wow! <laughs> Klaus Lundervam is the correct answer. That's amazing. So someone from the audience has just beaten both of us. Yeah. Okay, cool. You, you, Fine. you cool. drew with yeah. uh, audience. Well done. What's you have name? to read these books now, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well done. You made Danny proud. We've been told we have a surprise, and we generally have no idea what this means. I'm really scared. We've been scared for the three days since I've known this. Very scary. There's nothing to be scared of. Okay. No, oh, right. I want to find some way of, of saying thank you. Okay. Uh, so I spoke to a lovely guy called Andy, who is Danny Higginbottom's agent. <gasps> um, oh, no! <laughs> Danny couldn't be here today, oh. because it's his kid's birthday. Okay. Um, oh. However, on Monday, 
I received an email from his oh. agent with this. Hey everybody, Danny Higginbotham here. Sorry I can't be there today. I'd just like to thank everybody at the Football Club Podcast for serialising my autobiography, The Rise of the Underdog. It was a pleasure to do it with Wayne Barton. There's some fantastic stories in there about my time scrum up at Manchester United and various other clubs and of course Southampton. So hopefully you enjoy reading it. If you do decide to get it, and like I say, hope it's a good week. Wow. Danny Higginbotham. We love you, Danny. Yeah. We've got to cut a lot of this podcast. Um, <laughs> I bet you feel bad now, James. Being mean about him. I was a mean. <laughs> was I? No. I, I, mean, I said. I said right from the beginning. So, I like you, Danny Higgins. Thank you so so much. That's really really nice. That was thank really you so, really cool. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank so, you, Alan, for Danny Big Danny Big and Boss. <laughs> and thank you, Danny. Higginbotham. Thank you, Steve Wigley. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wiggers. Uh, anyone has any thoughts on the book like Danny himself if you've read it or you want to read along message us reviews follow us at Footy Book Club on Twitter Football Book Club on Instagram review the podcast subscribe follow us any last words super pot <laughs> <laughs> what uh, swear will be trying to cover up with that <laughs> oh a lot the worst one imagine the worst one <laughs> yeah all of them in one go Rupert Lowe Rupert Lowe <laughs> <laughs> good night Thanks for listening to the Football Book Club. It featured James Bug, James Balgen, and Jack Bernhardt. It was created and produced by James Bug. Thanks to Danny Higginbottom for writing the book. But I hear you cry. What in the super pod are they up to now? Well, Danny Higginbottom now enjoys a successful career in the media, supplemented by his extracurricular income from golf balls and Brussels sprouts. Rory Delap is still wearing Danny Higginbottom's pants to this day. No idea if he kept the bear or not. Nobody by the name of Scouse has been seen or heard of in the past 100 years. Spooky. Roy Chunky Rodriguez is still waiting for his first international call-up, and Paul Burton has now counted every single toe in the county of Derbyshire. We'll see you soon for more Football Book Club. Make sure you share, review, and subscribe. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.